You know, my memory tells me that we are close to the end, and then <laughs> I look at how many chapters there are, and there's so many left. So, I don't know. Well, shit's about to go down, you guys. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 57, Fool's Fate, chapters 10 through 14, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and Bustin makes me feel good. <laughs> oh my god, I can't go after that. I'm Ashley, I'm adamantly opposed to what Eli just said, and I am a new reader. <laughs> And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Accompanied by the sometimes loud purring The dulcet of purring of my true wit beast. <laughs> wit out is her okay. real name. Wit out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, first up, uh, we've got mailbag. So we have an email from Dylan who points out that... Uh, Piotra, as the rest of us say, I say Peter and Eliana are similar to Piotr and Iliana from X-Men, better known as Colossus and Magic, um, mm. which makes, huh? yeah, so guess Hob might be a Marvel fan. Yeah, crazy. Also, we got an email from Kat, who, number one, thinks that Ashley not wanting to read A Song of Ice and Fire is a very good choice, because why should you suffer? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Kat is struggling with the wish that we were further along in our read, but also dreading when it's all going to be over. And to Kat, I say, this will never be over. <laughs> 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 we're only halfway through. We've oh got at least another year God. to go. So. Buckle up. Got all those dragon books to read. Dragon oh, books. Yes. There's a copious amount of short stories. Hours right, of entertainment. Those. Uh, first up is Joey. You have chapter 10. I'm back. Um, I'm covering the Nancheska, <laughs> which is definitely what it is. I don't know why. It's just Nancheska. It feels better. Right? Nar, nar, I'm sure nar. the Islanders would not approve. Narcheska. Nancheska. She is the Narwhal clan. Yeah. Ah, I know. Not but... the Nanwhal. I don't but know. But if we I call don't... her the Nancheska, then she could have a spinoff show called The Nanny. <laughs> Old Nancheska. <laughs> um, so I apologize for my absence, but there was a parade. And I also apologize for the messiness of my recap, because I had like 10 chapters to listen to, which was definitely on like 1.8 speed. So <laughs> <laughs> I got through a, a lot of content. I had a couple thoughts on the last episode. Alyssa's energy was suddenly seemed very elevated, and I hope it was due to the boats and not due to my absence. I hope I'm not. Well, <laughs> was it? <laughs> Tell me it was the boats. Well, um, 
<laughs> I'm politely smiling. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. You'll you'll like this next part. Um, uh, and then I think there was also some discussion on who's who had whose wit, what wit beasts people had. And I remember somebody was an owl, and then somebody somebody was a was it Eli that was a manatee? A manatee. Yeah, I'm a manatee. <laughs> My name's Eli. So, I'm a manatee. I I decided that I'm definitely some kind of mustelid because I'm capable of terrible deeds, but also terrible odors. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect answer. <laughs> Terrible. What, what is a, a mustelid? You know, it's anything the, in the, the weasel viewers. family. It's like, um, I mean, I guess, I think anything like a, anything uh, like a ferret, weasels, small wormy, wormy mammals. My my particular cat that I have. Your cat is a is a secret ferret. It's a ferret-shaped cat. A ferret-shaped cat. A tiny, <laughs> with short, short arms. It's real lanky. And, and, and some... Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't clean herself. Some musty glands. <laughs> oh, lazy cats. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <laughs> the, so the intro's about um, how in the Out Islands, the women chooses the man um, in their courtship rituals. And that she gets to decide how long that intimacy lasts, and it's independent of marriage. God damn it! So, the lady decides who she wants and when she wants it, and that's that. And it sounds pretty cool. Um, so, and Wolsington uh, has strong walls. We're here in Wolsington. It's built like a proper fortress with the streets decorated with pretty pearly shells. It smelled. They described as being smelling homey and surprisingly not human stenchy and i kind of don't believe it um it sounds <laughs> just absolutely filthy but that's it's apparently homey great um fitz and company are sitting around a table with a bunch of women and the narwhal clans folk are heavily decorated in all their animal sigils and bright colors seem to be the most decadent feature if you don't count you know all the hauled out animal carcasses that they're wearing which I don't because there's probably, like, you know, just a plethora of dead animals everywhere to be found in the Out Islands. But probably not a lot of die because how far away <laughs> is Bingtown? Probably pretty far. Um, so I get it. And um, there's a very important old crone that is being led. <laughs> I, I think she's being led on a twisty wizardwood chair. It's it's wizard <laughs> wizard wood right know about that no she's on a chair she's on a chair oh, on a... driftwood driftwood no it's wizard wood it's the fancy wood <laughs> that's wiz wizard wood Fine. what makes you think that it's wizard wood it was it's they said it they said they called it wizard wood i think they might have said wizened wizened wood which is like <laughs> only one step down from wizard wood which is <laughs> magic, magic wood that can like walk around so her, her chair is just one level below walking itself <laughs> it just thinks it's a drag <laughs> it's, it's close um, it has oh, dreams man. I feel like I have homework now I have to go back and check what this says yeah, 
Oh, and then, um, so this is the great mother, and she asks to be presented with Nancheska's betrothed. And upon seeing Dutiful, she calls him a six-duchy slave. <laughs> and Peter has to explain to her, which is, you know, which is kind of hard because she's mostly deaf. And she seems to have forgotten the betrothal, which she explained to her, and which he explained to her earlier on that day, and probably like a dozen times already. And it's kind of a perfect illustration as to why we should probably have term limits on high offices. <laughs> um, so then uh, the great mother determines that she should probably go and take a nap, and Eliana shows up, and here we go. Now, folks, I'm only going to relay this chapter with the full knowledge that I'm about to mention the presence of bare underage breasts, okay? And someone who is at an age with fits, I fully recognize the awkwardness of this event as he narrated it, because apparently the Six Duchies is basically as Protestant and repressed as colonial New England. <laughs> and I, this is a whole sidebar. We can we can table this for later on. But I just remember the Six Duchies being more progressive, and now it's like not. Now it's just basically <laughs> just everybody's blushing. There's just like. They just don't know where to look. They everywhere they look, it's wrong. They just they're every the eyes are being overted. <laughs> so and she's dolled up in like some finery. Her boobs are out. She's a woman now. She's not chattel because it's not patriarchy, I guess. And <laughs> I'm just saying, like <laughs> I'm just saying, like it this this isn't that bad, okay? This isn't that bad, and it wasn't written that that badly. Like, like George Martin has a lot to answer for, but I feel like Robin Hobb is just doing us, doing us proud with proper progressive ideas. So can we just, I just want to get past it. Okay. I just, I just, this, they're, the tits are out. It's the new normal. It's awesome. You know, like we'll revisit this whole topic in the fashions of Jamalia, I guess, you know, there's, I think there's a narwhal horn somewhere in the outfit. It's, I'm it's dashing. It's beautiful. I'm not going to do it. It's, it's justice uh, trying to describe it. So we can talk about that later. Um, uh, I recall something that Dutiful, we recall something that Dutiful found on the beach is relevant to this scene because it's a topless lady statue, which was kind of weird at the time, and now it's all making sense. And the beach, that was just, you know, kind of magical. Um, Eliana makes an announcement that she is now revealed as a bloodied woman. No further explanation needed. Something about how woman is born bloodied but dude's got to fight with swords to get bloodied so the ladies are better yeah i mean okay um 1.8 speed got it all right <laughs> i got it all i got it all eliana's previous right eliana's previous playmates are all present the subtext is that they haven't reached fertility yet right so they're not proper women eliana is that's why she's the nancheska um, another woman addresses the group as uh, a worthy voice to speak for the great mother, and therefore she asks the foreign uh, for the the foreigner that uh, that is to be betrothed to Nancheska to present himself. And Dutiful presents himself and recites the pre planned lip service. Yada yada yada. Um, he he presents all these fucking gifts. Here's some finery. Here's some oxen. Here's some food and some other bullshit. It's his, basically his dowry. Um, when asked, Eliana says that she will take him to bed if he can bring her the head of wildfire. Or, uh, it, no. Ice fire. Ice fire. <laughs> Very close. Uh, ice fire of 
yes. Halfway. (laughs) There is more pageantry. There's bloodletting and the cupping of the blood and the ruining of fabrics with said blood. And these people just like, they do what, they do this whenever there's a party, they just bloodlet and it's like karaoke to them. If you remember, um, Bloodbane or, uh, what was this? Is, was that? Her, her 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 true father. Remember the scene where he's throwing his blood around in the six duchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloodblade. Bloodblade. Yeah, it's just like what they do. He's like <laughs> named after it. You know, they just they love blood. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they love it. They love that shit. <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> Ellie. Joey, I take it back. I miss you. <laughs> 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 Eliana cha- chastises Dutiful and instructs him how to behave, which is either some sort of foreplay or part of the ceremony or both. Fitz acknowledges uh, that there's no place to sit and the food is that is presented is just kind of that open air buffet style, which, you know, is just Southern wedding style, in my opinion. But then um, it's apparent that the young women are starting to choose men and pull them away uh, to you know probably do go to bed because like in their tradition you got to get like those wombs full on a wedding night right like they they own that shit that's their choice that's their their babies you know it's like they just need it and uh so they're gonna go get the men and fitz fitz's mind isn't like well this is kind of cool he's thinking this is bad maybe they're luring the guards away so something bad can happen because he's just that damaged um and then Dutiful and, and, and Eliana got led into, like, another area, like a courtyard by a gaggle of younger girls. And Fitz officially tries to follow them. He's, like, kicking up, like, a food tray or something to get by because he's stealthy. And then um, next to a tree in the courtyard, Dutiful's being evaluated like a, a, a prize stallion. Um, and he skills to Fitz. And Fitz advises to just go with, just follow her lead because, follow Eliana's lead because, like, we don't know, they're, like, foreign lands... Just like, you know, do what she says. We got to trust this. Um, and a taller, uh, more womanly looking girl challenged Eliana. And she's that she sort of tries to, I don't know where if there's a word for this. She, I would say emasculate in our, you know, patriar- patriarchal culture. But like, did you can't say effeminize because that means something else. Do you guys have any idea what we would call this? Uh, she was being a bitch ass hoe. She was being a bitch ass hoeizing <laughs> her, and um, <laughs> her name is Lestra, and she insults Eliana to her face. She says, "Eliana, you won't kiss you won't kiss him, and he won't kiss you, and your boobs are small to and too small to interest him. Your boobs suck." And Dutiful <laughs> tries to gracefully defend himself, and they all kind of look at him like, "Why are you fucking speaking, guy?" And then Lestra shoots her hand out. Shoots her hand to uh, out to Dutiful's what is described as an army of one and his pitch tent, and then she tries to kiss him, and then like I'm just like now it's just like oh shit all all hell no, and like this is the moment when I was summarizing this and I was like I feel like Ashley should be covering this chapter like I feel like this is I got like strong Ashley energy from this moment. Um, <laughs> would you like to add anything here, Ashley? I mean. We can. I'll. I'll put in some color as you go along. Okay. Um, so the shit. Eliana's starting to throw shit down, and like, uh, like, Lestra is like taking a beating, and like they're scrapping at it, and Dutiful can't stop looking at Eliana's breasts while they go at it, which is kind of a weird kink, but it's kind of perfectly appropriate for him, right? Like this is like he's got to lean into this shit, so it's good. It works. Um, Peter's. 
Peter seems to have learned something of their nonverbal communication because he instructs Fitz to tell Dutiful to stay out of it. So that's kind of side eye that. Um, and after a pretty boss struggle, like Dutiful's nose is like fucking gushing with blood, and he's like biting his lip. And Eliana pins pins Lester down with a chokehold and forces her to call her the Nancesca. And then. After Lestra submits, Eliana grabs her prize as dutiful and tells him he will kiss her now, God damn it! And he's like just all too willing. So, so that's <laughs> done. Uh, and then so later on, the uh, the party's starting to uh, close, and uh, Peter explains to Nancesca that, uh, or rather, Peter explains that uh, the Nancesca had to do that to treat him like a prize stallion. But Fitz suspects that there was. Something more to the display, and Shade later ruminates uh, on it with Fitz, and briefly they come to no conclusions, and there's some unseen current in all this. It's TBD with, with Shade, of course. And then as the night is coming to a close, Fitz comes up on Webb and Swift, who's drunk, duh, and they briefly discuss the ownership of children in the world of out-islanders, out which I sort of hinted at earlier. Um, and then a robber rat, or what is called a robber rat, reveals itself... Uh, performing its namesake, stealing food off a table, when and then Webb chastises Swift for trying to wit bond with this quote-unquote foreign animal, which he knows nothing about. And you know these are like obviously old blood traditions, and we're we're getting um, you know we're, we're remembering a time when uh, Fitz hung out with the old blood because that's like that's what it reminds me of at least. And I'm I'm just kind of like you know shut up Webb man like this guy this mustelids are the perfect wit beasts right? I think it's a mustelid. I think it's I think we got we they call it a they call it a robber rat, but I think it's I think I totally think he it's was a, a raccoon. raccoon. He was oh. a raccoon. Oh, it's, well that's something yeah, else. It's got right. a mask. Rocket raccoon. And it's the size of a it cat. It has a striped tail. He's okay. stealing food. Yeah, it's well, a that's, raccoon. Raccoons are cool. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think they're mustelids, but that's fine. <laughs> Webb uses this as an opportunity to say that if Swift cannot abide by the old blood edicts that he should call himself a piebald burn or an outcast and ponders <laughs> out loud with fits in full earshot, quote unquote, why any man would wish to remain apart from his own, I do not know. This is a sick burn, Fitzy Poo. Um, <laughs> and like y'all, I know y'all like want to like Web, and I know we're supposed to like Web, but I'm kind of like this guy's sort of a like if I met this dude and he was saying this shit in the earshot, I'd be like, you're kind of a passive aggressive little piece of shit. I'm just saying, like I, I'm not, I'm not yet a fan of Web. I get what he's trying to do. I kind of see that shit. I think it's a, I think, I think what it is is he's kind of got this like pry bar, this like little knife thing that he jabs into Fitz, and it's like. He's trying to crack that bitch open, and I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think that leave the leave leave Fitz Walnut alone. He just don't break, <laughs> don't break Fitz. He's broken. That said, Fitz, Fitz is very Walnut. ignorant about a very incredible power that he has. It's and true. He does need to learn more. But Webb's got an angle. It's. I'm just saying. I don't know if it's pure. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not 100 percent sold on Webb either. I like that somebody's challenging Fitz's, like, views on things, For especially sure. the wit. Yeah, yeah. I do just want some clarification uh, on the beginning. So, 
The clansman carried a wizened little woman down the stairs into the hall. She <laughs> rode on a chair fashioned from twisty pieces of gleaming willow wood. Oh, oh man. Not wizard. Is at the 1.8. <laughs> Not wizard wood? No. Uh, wizened woman willow wood. It's, a, it's all right. Tell me it's not a tongue twist. It's an understandable. <laughs> I wanted it to be wizard wood. I think that's more fun. I mean, you listen to it the would be fun if the chair just started talking. Chapter in twelve minutes, so yeah, I think you did good. I, um, I listen at one point three. I would say one point eight is pretty fast. I, I, I had some catch-up to do. That's like a live auction of the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I did get some siege vibes from the mother house, from the the strong smells and the dark cave-like atmosphere, and all of the impenetrable traditions that were not being explained. Very fremeny. Oh, I'm like, what's the siege? Fremeny snicket. <laughs> Siege smells like B.O. and drugs. Yeah, and I, get, if, I feel if, like this me. is like B.O. mixed with like some cinnamon and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. A siege. Chicken That's broth. exactly what a siege smells yeah. like. But they didn't say they had spices. These people have like, they're eating That's... boiled bullshit. Like they're not eating, like, <laughs> this isn't Jamalia. If, Everything if smells Fitz like says face. that it's not quite B.O., that's B.O. <laughs> yeah, like to Fitz, it's like it's fragrant spring air, and to everybody else, it's like thick is over in the corner, and he's puking for different reasons. You're right. If Fitz is like, oh, it smells homey, it's like that's that's not yeah, good. That's it smells like good. one of his shirts, and we should all beware. <laughs> it smells like a hoarder's house. <laughs> I do like that we are presented with this, you know, two very important ceremonies in this culture. And it's not really explained at all. We're just thrown into it, you know? Like, we don't really know what what's going on. We're just looking at it through Fitz's point of view. And, I mean, Fitz is learned. Like, he can, he's read a lot of scrolls. So he's probably more <laughs> informed than the average guardsman. His descriptions are kind of creepy to me. Why? Oh, she's not chunky anymore. She's got woman's flesh. <laughs> I tried to skip over that. Oh, the fact well, that she... And then you get to the part where he's, like, looking at her and, like, dutiful thoughts are in his head. And he's like, stop, they stop. Like, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, to Fitz's, to Fitz's uh, I guess, point or... In his favor, he did have horny. Uh, there was some skill bleeding. Head. Yeah, there yeah. was yeah. some skill bleeding. But it's also, like, like we need to like, learn about, about how her dreams. how she's changed, and we only get things from Fitz's point of view. So, right. I mean, it has been <laughs> at least six months, right? Like they had to wait for spring. Yeah, and they it's had been to get a long time. Here, so how she old might she, actually be? Like fourteen. I think she's described as fourteen in the section somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. Which is like. Still just oh, terrifyingly yeah. young, but <laughs> But to a fifteen year old. Right, so he's like almost it's sixteen. Appropriate. Yeah. Because he's not whatever. he's not quite as old as, as uh Nettle and she's sixteen. So. Right. So it's it's appropriate for them. Yeah, 
it's fine I mean, for them. I, ch- I chose to, to receive this chapter through Dutiful's eyes rather than Fitz's eyes. I think I think Dutiful's just kind of like, he's just kind of like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, he's like, like, girls are fighting like... over me, yay. <laughs> I like, like the part where he's like, like I'm now. married? And they're like, no, you're not married. No. Don't worry, you're not married. You're not married. He's you're like, betrothed. I feel married. I feel fucking married. <laughs> I feel married. <laughs> you guys, like... the fight scene, though, it was like, the only thing we needed was, like, the vat of jello for these girls yeah. to be wrestling in. It was... <laughs> they were definitely in a muddy spot in the yard, for sure. I thought it was, I thought it was really grisly. I mean, like. There was oh like, yeah, it felt like out. it was very Mean Girls. It was very like this is how girls are. Whatever that know. little bitch had it fucking coming, and I'm glad that Nanny <laughs> got her good. Yeah, tits out and everything. Tits like out, what? Choke what hold, eat this shit. Mm-mm. <laughs> Let this good. Or I thought it was really funny because I was like, I was trying to put myself in her place. I was like, if I was beating the shit out of someone. And I was shoving dirt into their mouth. I don't think I'd have, like, the calmness in me to be like, let this good, clean earth from Mother Earth (laughs) cleanse your mouth. You know, I'd be like, eat shit and die, motherfucker. (laughs) Well, for for them, that's that's basically the same. That's the translation. Yeah, you're right. She's had that training. So what do you think about... um, the the kind of the fact that they brought out the great grandmother who is clearly retired and she couldn't get through the ceremony and then Eliana comes down halfway through unprepared there's people missing right that was so confusing to me because and they kind of bring it up at some point but like we have great grandmother then we have a girl who's just now becoming a woman and then nobody in between that like where the fuck are all Mm -hmm. the women yeah, and she was like, I, "This is not my job anymore. Where's the? Where's my daughter?" Yep, they're tending the fields. They're out there. They, somebody's got a farm. I don't think they're farming. The men do the farming. Do they? No, they don't. No, yeah, they I do. Do. Yeah, the, Pia- no, the women do. Pia- I thought. Pia- young Pia- boys. That, I thought uh, it said that the men had to work. She's not back yet. Yeah. The old men. Yeah. So the boys farm, and then they become men, and they have to go be on boats with these other men. Correct. <laughs> so I believe I believe the wording was no, she's not back yet, and that's the reason why we're doing all of this. Hmm. Well, hmm. Hmm. Um. I do like the fact that this old lady was like, "I can't fucking hear you. You know, I can't fucking hear you. Get me out of here." <laughs> Yeah, when she calls Dutiful a little slave boy, I was like, whoa, what's happening? She's like, who is this bitch I can't understand? (laughs) She's like, you're fucking marrying that guy. What? She's like everybody's grandmother. She just can't believe Yes, grandma, grandma, we're poor now. We're poor. We lost the war. We have to do this. She's like, what? No, we didn't lose any fucking war. The war is not over. (laughs) What war? We, We eat these people for breakfast. Kill him. (laughs) well i appreciated the swiftness of the marriage it was not a long and drawn out affair at least in summary (laughs) they did say that the reading of the gifts was a little long and boring but so many gifts 
Yeah, they had to give her. And not all of them present. And I am I am starting to uh, be on Shade's side. Like, what are y'all getting out of this? It seems like you're giving away half the riches of, of the six duchies and more trade agreements. What are you getting out of this besides putting your prince in mortal peril? Yeah. Well, and the most interesting thing is, so this Lestra is vying to become the Narcheska. And the idea is thrown out that if Eliana leaves to marry and goes to Buckkeep that she's no longer than Archeska. I keep, I like, I'm just, like, not even sure I'm saying the right word anymore because of Joey calling it the Nancheska. <laughs> Nanny! <laughs> My brain Nanny. is like, what are we trying to say? Nanny! Um, that, like, then is she even this important person anymore because she's going to get replaced by this bitch-ass hoe? Right, or will she have daughters and then she sends the daughters home? And then if, she, if that does happen... So what would how are the people of the six duchies are they gonna are they gonna be okay with that like having right having they're their... they're next in in line to go to right because they don't it doesn't matter to them if it's a boy or not they don't yeah matter. it's it's clearly not the same kind of setup like it's not like she's gonna send pigeons over to the out islands and tell them what to do right it's not like how Ketrican... it doesn't seem like well, any of this was thought through well, Ketrican is still queen of the Mountain Kingdom, right? Like, yeah, I guess well, they're her thinking father of it, is, right? But, but they're oh, thinking yeah. of it like that, where she she can exist in both spheres. But it doesn't seem like Eliana yeah. can exist in both spheres in this setup. Well, I mean, there's still some merit to it in that. I guess more for the Out Islanders in that somebody in the Six Duchies' power would have perhaps their best interests interests in mind. And they certainly get a lot more trade out of it instead of raiding. I and mean, they get more trade out of it. And, th- I mean, the six duchies get trade out of it. And I don't know what they're trading for. but A little bit, um, maybe. Yeah, I, I see this as being fairly no one-sided. I feel like it being yeah. good for... I mean, I think if... if I mean, even if she's not the quote-unquote Narcheska anymore, I mean, it's not like... She, I mean, she would only be the Narcheska of one clan. So it's not like right. that's really all that great anyway i think right, it's so more just are like, they are they we, able to 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 say we will not raid you anymore it's like well we well, i mean i think that's, what about these guys that's the that's the idea but i don't think it's as easy as just like we have like your queen and our king and now we're at peace like it was with the mountains but it's mm-hmm. more like we have our each other's best interests in mind and so that will suggest that we're not going to raid each other anymore and hope that works so the way I feel like that's the goal the the way i read it earlier on was okay let's bind ourselves to one of their bigger clans and then they won't raid us that will they like the, that will set up a situation where they are not raiding us and they're one of the more powerful ones, so other people won't raid us either. Right. And so you kind of have an ally at your back instead of an enemy. Mm-hmm. But when they get there, they like it, it seems like they don't even have any soldier age people. <laughs> this, yeah, this clan sucks. They lied. <laughs> Listen, I mean, at this point, well, it's I like, mean... wow, you should definitely go back and see if you can like get a super rich person from Bingtown to be your. <laughs> to be your princess because this ain't it <laughs> yeah it seems one-sided she clearly has some i mean the whole reason he's there to 
kill this dragon or whatever that ends up being. Like, she's afraid of something. She's trying to get away from or eliminate whatever that thing is. And it all just seems to be very one-sided. Well, they say it's a dragon, but she's still terrified of the person who put the tattoos on her back. So it's like, we don't really know what the end game is there. Uh Uh-huh. It really shows the flaws of, like, you say you're going to do something, and then you learn better information, and you can change your mind, right? Right. Like, like just sticking to your guns all the time sometimes is really bad. Okay, Jade. Right, this, these honor systems. These honor systems yeah. are, are bad. Yeah. That's a very Jade point of view. Um, <laughs> win, man. I do want to do a shout out to the robber rat. I, <laughs> I just know. like that some things are called a wolf and it's a wolf in real life and other things it's called a robber rat and it's a raccoon. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's a little bit of a rude name. They do steal though. They're they got thumbs. little fuckers. They've got thumbs. They can they climb thumbs. anything they can and they're they are You're... endless pits. They eat they... so much food. And I know so you good guys at have it. seen that video of the person who puts the food down on the deck and all the little raccoon hands come up through the cracks to like get the food. <laughs> it's like and zombies. It's really yeah. disturbing looking. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> <laughs> all these little hands. Dude, like what other species can like get along with humans so well? I mean, you got I mean, they do wash their food and I appreciate that. Don't yeah. they wash their food? Yeah. Saying that they get along with humans well is not really fair though because well, they're not particularly nice. They just happen to be around humans a lot because they're they good them food. They're good at being around garbage. civilization because they eat garbage like seagulls. So back to the the pigeon <laughs> discussion. They're the <laughs> ground pigeons. <laughs> like pigeons and seagulls, they're really good at people. Maybe not they, they didn't exist Being, until the cities popped up. They flourished after people because they're trash eaters. When I was young, one of my favorite books was about a boy who rescues a raccoon in the mountains. And it, like, becomes his friend. And, like, he raises it. And then he has to set it free and all this stuff. And I that's what I flashed to when Swift was like, oh, look at this raccoon. Let's be, you know, let's, I'm going to whip on with this this raccoon i'm like yes do it ranger rick he's your friend oh i love ranger rick <laughs> except he'd turn out more like rocket raccoon <laughs> probs but it's also exactly what happened to fitz remember when they were like he's like you're just questing out and you don't even know and you're gonna deny him a mate and all this stuff i'm like oh no that's what fitz did with night eyes yeah. oh no but Night Eyes had his rumspringa, so he got to have like a little taste of, <laughs> you know. Right, but at that point he'd become so intertwined and so like altered by his his what an old blood would consider a too intertwined relationship with the yeah. human being that he like couldn't he couldn't do it. What couldn't what, be a wolf. what is the right way to fucking old blood this shit? Because like well, it sounds I like all the rules you. are are bullshit. I think it's just like people being like. It's just like, like, there's just like a lot of lounge chair wisdom going on where they're like, these are the right rules. And if you asked another dude, he'd be like, no, this is, there's just a lot of confusion. I just, I don't believe it. I'm like, come on, Webb. Like, this isn't, are you sure? I think, I think that their rules are like, we want both, we want both 
both beings in these relationships to have as full of life and as many choices as possible. So I understand why they have those rules. It's just that Night Eyes looked those rules in the face and rejected them. So yeah. I kind of like in that instance don't feel like it was wrong. It's just, it's, you know, some people have a codependent relationship with their significant <laughs> other, and some people are more lax. <laughs> and Fitz and Night Eyes just had a very codependent relationship. <laughs> it's it's also, um, like, I feel like the whole old blood community is, there's not very many of them, and they're all, like, very separated from society, so they're talking to each other secretly. And maybe these rules have not been super well fleshed out, like... You, I think you get like pockets of different ideas wherever you go. Probably, well, yeah. There's also they're also I mean, trying to lay low. They're trying not to seem weird. They don't want to get burned alive. Yeah, and they don't want to like be like, yeah, you're right. I'm a wolf man. You know, they're like, no, I'm a man. <laughs> I'm definitely a man. I am not a wolf man. You know? <laughs> so I am not going to date a wolf until I'm absolutely sure I'm going to date that wolf. <laughs> and that wolf. Because otherwise <laughs> I might get burned alive for a puppy. And who knows? Maybe you don't want that. Right. And you know what? We're not going to be married. We're just going to be casually seeing each other. And we're going to marry like other people. And we'll just hang out. And it, it's fine. It's not. They're all, they're all in open relationships. Like, like when? is not on a cliff trying to like build like a weird kite so he can throw himself into the air and fly away like he knows he's not a bird you know there's a line <laughs> mm. Fitz is and fine. to that end I mean Risk is not just like hanging out on the ship the whole time and never going into the air either so right that's that's also true like trash some animals like are wants. probably more more acceptable to be like fully bonded with like a bird not so much a wolf maybe a little more yeah i got some new rules for you ground. bond as much as you fucking want and you know what fuck everyone else you snakes you guys so fucking many centipedes you insects <laughs> <laughs> insects a whole colony of ants I mean, I mean wit or not wit web and and risk are very like Risk is just always, like, flying around. Like, they're never, like, really together together. I mean, obviously, we're not in Webb's head, so it's... They don't seem married to bond. me. They don't seem married to Yeah, me. whereas, like, you know, Night Eyes would just, like, just lived in Fitz's cabin and, like, slept by his fire. And, like, you know, when they tried to make them build, like, uh, like separate dens... So that they could have like the wolf side and the human side. They're like, we reject this inside. Night Eyes is like, I'm not digging a hole. Why would I do that? Yeah, why would I dig? Well, it's like, nice I just let Fitz do all the work, and I'll just live there. It's fine. Like, I can lay next to the fire, which is great. <laughs> or you want me to be in a dirty hole? <laughs> I mean, the the cabin will be dirty anyway because Fitz doesn't clean himself or anything. So it's it works out best for both of us. Oh, man. All right, let's move on to ch uh, chapter, what, 11? 11. Uh, chapter 11 is called Wislington, or however we want to say it. Um, the intro further explains Outlander matriarch rules. Women always stay close to the land and are buried there. Their graves honored for seven years. The fields left fallow before they're plowed again and planted, resulting in a special harvest feast. If a woman dies away from home, there will be great effort to return her body to her clan fields. Out-Islander men really don't matter. Uh, 
<laughs> no one cares. Um, Fitz and company are guests at Wislington for 12 days. Dutiful and Shade are relocated to sleeping on wooden benches while Fitz and Thick live it up in the cottage with Swift and Riddle dropping by. Clearly the better end of the deal. Plus, Thick's health is finally starting to improve. Fitz, on the other hand, basically spends a lot of time watching everyone and feeling like he's being watched. He learns that the reason why the Narcheska is so important is because her clan lands have a valley with hot springs that allow them to grow the best crops in of the Odd Islands. However, in all of Fitz's spying, he sees that many of the fields are left fallow, and the female-to-male ratios should mean that it was a gold mine, gold mine for single Odd Island men to come courting, but they have not come. Uh, so one evening, Fitz is watching Dutiful and Eliania jumping ponies, and Dutiful is skill mining to Fitz, but still mostly enjoying himself. And he directs Fitz to check out someone who might be spying on them, and gets himself assigned to take a fall towards the boulder so Fitz can investigate. So there's more skill mining. And then Fitz goes after the fleeing pony, and he spots none other than Henja in full camouflage. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Henja! <laughs> She had like leaves glued. To I her. know she straight up was in like <laughs> uh, like <laughs> covered in moss. Yeah. And... Uh, Fitz acts super awkward catching the pony and forces Piotr to come and help, and then is more awkward telling him that gave that old woman quite a fright. Uh, so Piotr and Eliania are freaking out and on edge, and also super evasive. And Fitz and company are confused as usual. Seems to be the general theme. Fitz manages to squeeze out a few drops of information about Eliania's family. Her older brothers died in Castle Rob Red's war, and her mother and younger sister are detained elsewhere. So, basically more secrets. Um, Fitz has a heated skill discussion with Shade that night about it, but neither of them are able to puzzle, puzzle it all out. Afterwards, Fitz heads to bed and has some uneasy dreams about the fool flying on girl on a dragon, which he completely discounts as skill walking, despite waking up with his fingers on the fool's silver fingerprints on his arm. He's really just not smart sometimes. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, he then skill walks to see Nettle chatting with Tintaglia, who's making some threats, telling her she can block Fitz from being summoned. Again, she really just wants answers about this black dragon, as if she couldn't just figure this out herself. She needs Fitz to get with the whole humans are subservient to dragons thing and basically threatens to devour Nettle if he doesn't start talking. Nettle drives her out and chastises Fitz for not being able to and starts to fade, but then Dutiful blunders in and it's all, Hey, I'm Prince of the Six Duchies. I do what I want. Who are you? Nettle gets sassy in return and tells Fitz he should pick better friends. Uh, so everyone wakes up and Dutiful is pissed and skill demands answers. Thick just wants to go back to sleep and calmly explains that it was only Nettle and her dragon. Now Dutiful is extra pissed that everyone except him knows what's going on, so he demands that Fitz come meet him right now. So Fitz drags Thick along and they go to meet him, but Eliania gets there first, and Fitz gets to have a super awkward audience to Dutiful and Eliania having a little makeout session and discussing that they want to be each other's first time. We're going for Fitz. Returns the porch lights on and comes out to send his niece off to bed. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful is just like, go, go away. And Fitz is like, I want to, but I can't. I can't. I have to stay here and watch this. Torture myself. I feel all your feelings like Elliot and E.T. It's awful. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's not He's not just spying on them. He's also getting horny along with he's them. He's participating. Yeah. So <laughs> bad. I hate so it. Awful. I hate it. It's so bad. 
I mean, Fitz, really, just just go. Just get a boat, <laughs> pick a direction, and just go. Just get out of there. And Thick is just like, I want to go home. Fitz <laughs> is like, get me too. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> Thick is like, why am I here? Clearly for some reason later in the plot, but now I suffer. Um, <laughs> I like the jumping ponies. What does Alyssa have to say about the jumping ponies? <laughs> um, too much for one episode. <laughs> jumping ponies. They're perfect. They're flawless. They'll live forever. They're skinny. They hurt your balls. When you are them, apparently. <laughs> All the better. Perfect, like I said. <laughs> I just love that. He's How like, much they were they jumping hurt. that... Hmm? Are we... How much are they jumping that he just fell off, like, every other minute? He was just falling off It's actually off all really the time. easy to fall off a short-strided, like, tiny animal. Like, it's just because they're... The movement is just so, like, jerky. You can just kind of, like, tumble right off. Didn't he say he fell off because it was easier, it was less painful? Yeah, he said, I'm falling off because it's it's less painful than my balls slamming into this horse's spine. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, Eliana's ponies are also anti-men. A sport for the yes. ladies. <laughs> yes. I also appreciated that the they were using hackamores, which is a bitless bridle. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, these are very well... <laughs> <laughs> Joey is done. <laughs> Just saying. Thank That's God. a lot of. They're, it's they're, important. It means that they're doing a lot of like leg yielding and like signaling, oh. like, you know, seat driving. It's good. Good riders. Well, one of them is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, Henja and her full body camo. <laughs> she's... I just envisioned her in like one of the jungle nets that's like, you know, like the green nets that the army people use. It's already got the, the ghillie suits. What's the, name? What's the name of the bread kid in the, in the, in those books where she's the last, oh God, what are those books called? They're YA, it's post-apocalyptic. There's post-apocalyptic. There's a there's a triangle. She's in love with one boy and the other boy. And the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. Oh I yeah. Know. I'm like that. So <laughs> far, you're describing that. every YA novel. There's always a fucking love triangle. His name is Are not Peter. It's camouflaging Peta. himself. Peter. 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 Bread. Also, you guys, this is just because I bring it up every time I think about Bread the Hunger kid. Games. There's an amazing Sesame Street parody of the Hunger Games called The Hungry Games, and they have like an actual <laughs> puppet that is a piece of pita with eyes on it. <laughs> it's like the best four minutes of your fucking life. So please go watch. And he, it. does he paint himself to look like a tree? Not in the Hungry Games because they don't have enough time to get that detailed. But I just think it was so funny because in the book you're like, oh, okay, you just kind of gloss over the fact that he like camouflages himself, and in the movie movie. he's like legit, like it's like a fucking oil painting, (laughs) yeah, seven hour makeup (laughs) job, one of those like illusion cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I think that's. Got, so Henja is Peta. Yeah, Henja is Peta Brad. I feel like there were about three months of my life I was obsessed with those books, and then I saw the first movie, and I was like, eh, okay, I don't care anymore. Oh yeah, same. <laughs> Burned out. I mean, 
they had so much potential with the cat people in the third one and you got like yeah, four seconds of them it. and that made me very angry yeah the cat people were definitely the best part of the third one <laughs> why were there cat people they because were cat they had... people they were cat people it was oh, the underground know. railroad but they were cat people they were helping because it them. was the future Jerry, i don't know i read those books like, really fast know. but <laughs> other than that also, I get those books, the Maze Runner books, and the Divergent books all mixed up. Yeah, and yeah. I will continue to do so. Same. Well, they're basically the same. They're yeah. the same, and I just get them. I'm like, wait. <laughs> and then there was a building, and it exploded, and I don't know which one that was in. Um. Okay, so we're out there jumping ponies, and I'm, you know, it's very much like Peter and Opiatra. And Fitz are, like, out there standing in the cold watching these two assholes jump ever-increasing bushes with their little ponies. That's their date. <laughs> I mean, it's a cute date. Sounds awesome. It's yeah, their bodyguard I would, date. I would jump ponies as a date. Yeah, Aww. it's like they don't have go-karts, so why not ride That's the little true. pony? They don't have go-karts. I, think, <laughs> I feel like if Joey and I did that, he would fall off a lot and I wouldn't. So it's accurate. Oh, Joey would be <laughs> exasperated the moment you said, we're going to ride ponies, because then he's like, Ugh. And then you'd be like, exactly. we're not going to use bits. <laughs> yeah, put fits on the horse. Hackamore, in- god damn it! Inside leg, outside rain, Joey. Inside leg, outside. He'd rain. be going and putting camouflage on and hiding with Henjin. Yeah, he would go. Look, I'm strafing, and you'd go. No, that's whatever that term is where you strafe. Oh, and red and Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you know oh. about horses is from Red Dead, huh? Hell yeah. Like yield. It's just a leg yield. <laughs> it's fine. Oh. <laughs> so the weirdest part, though, about Henja is that they ask about her, and he's like, oh no, she's not a part of our crew anymore. We ditched our ass in Buckkeep. I don't know what you're talking about. When clearly both Peter and uh, Elianya were startled by her presence. So and did. Fitz smelled her. That's how he knows. He <laughs> smelled her. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> they were scared. They didn't think that she was around, which is like, how the fuck did she sneak on to this island where everybody is greeted? Because she's wearing, spot? she's really good at camouflage. She camouflaged herself as the sea, <laughs> and then she camouflaged herself as yeah, the Yeah, she's probably painted she herself to look like a cabinet along. and then stood silently in front of the cabinet for the entire sale. <laughs> oh, a cabinet behind a bush. <laughs> that's, that's like a, if that's true, that's cheap. That is There's just, wallpaper in one room, and she painted herself like the wallpaper and stood in front of the wallpaper. She's she been it. she's been camouflaged as a wooden bench in like the main hall for like the last three weeks. Dutiful's <laughs> actually was, been was... sleeping on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed that Dutiful was the person who spotted her. That's true, true. and not the guy with the wit who's yeah. like. Well, no, well, Dutiful's got the wit. Well, he does have the wit. Yeah, but I can smell you. Yeah, but not the assassin with the wit who's thirty-five and yeah, is the like one who's supposed trained. to spot people, yeah. and not the one who's hurting he his balls and falling off ponies all day. <laughs> 
Well, Fitz was probably bothered by all of Dutiful's skill thoughts and skill whining, yeah. so he wasn't paying right. attention. That, and he might, have, not, might not have horny. had a, the best angle. Like, maybe Dutiful had a better angle when he was circling Oh, because he was on that tiny pony? He was yeah. a, a whole eight inches higher than everyone else? Well, he was riding closer to the right. boulders. That's my point. Thank you, Jenny. He probably hurt his Fitz balls and fell little... off right next to Hinja and then noticed her. But... I, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that he spotted her Fitz first. was too busy having his little bodyguard date with Piotr. <laughs> he was distracted. I do think they have chemistry. <laughs> I shout out to Nettle for being like, oh yeah, you're the prince of the six duchies and I'm the queen of the fucking world. <laughs> Wait, what does she say exactly? Because it's so good. Hold on. Queen, I doubt it very much of the seven dung heaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And perhaps you'll <laughs> go wherever you will. But when the where belongs to me, I will do... I, I will that you do not ever go there. Changer, you should cultivate that. Oh, yeah, and she calls him Changer, which you know that hurts Dutiful's feelings. He's like, Changer, you didn't tell me you had a cool nickname. <laughs> <laughs> she also calls him Prince Mannerless. Yeah. <laughs> Nettle's amazing. You know what? Dutiful needs someone like her in his life because he's gotten very uppity. Yes. Yeah, she keeps she keeps him from making whack tracks. So <laughs> something something I've noticed, and it is a bit confusing because the relationship fits is to Dutiful versus the relationship that Dutiful thinks fits is to him. Uh you makes mean that it he's confusing. his father and not his cousin? Yes. Yes, but even if they, even if he would, so, uh, yes. So, Verity, Verity, Dutiful, Chivalry, Fitz Chivalry, even though that's not really what it is, they're cousins, but he keeps calling, he keeps calling him uncle. Does he call him uncle? Yes, he keeps calling him uncle, and he thinks that Nettle is his cousin. Which mm-hmm. I guess Nettle would—I guess that's still a form of cousin. Yeah. But like, but like, just be his. But his, the fact uh, that he keeps calling him uncle, cousin once removed, and Fitz <laughs> keeps calling him nephew. So it's—I it, don't—it is. Con- Wait, it is really? I have age. no memory. Yeah, of this yeah. Way. Are you sure? It does yeah. happen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I believe you. I just, I think that my brain... It might just be, like, the age difference. It might be an age difference thing where it's, like, you know, he's just trying to be, like, give him some kind of deference because he's older. But you're right. They would no, be cousins. No, I think he, he has nephew. a theory that, he has a theory that Fitz is, uh, is Verity's brother. No, he knows that chivalry is, Ver- is, is Fitz's yeah. father. He knows who Fitz is. Because of Lady... They exchange swords. Says, yeah. Oh. So yeah, it might be an age thing, but it's it seems like maybe a, like a slight lapse in in, in the continuity. rider. I don't know. Yeah, it's also but, what you call a say uncle or a say aunt, where you say that they're your uncle, but they're not technically your uncle. Like, well, yeah, I have a cousin that I call aunt. Yeah, like because she's like ninety, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a line that says more nephew than prince in that moment. That's the only place where it says nephew in this entire book. So I feel like because I feel like Fitz is very like loosey goosey in his own mind with referring to Dutiful as his son. 
and I am always like, oh no, can someone hear you saying that? Um, but I wouldn't, I would, I, I don't put it past you that he calls him uncle. But it's I'm weird. Are you sure it. it's not mm-hmm. just when, when the Narcheska is no. referring to Peter? No, it's, it's especially weird Who was because that to him tonight? both... Friend, mentor, uncle, or subject? Both nephew, huh. or both, uh... Dutiful calls him uncle and Fitz calls him nephew. So it's Fitz it calls feels him nephew like a one time. There is there is one oh. time that nephew is used in this book. Yeah, no, but it feels like a continuity thing, like for just like a like maybe a chapter or two. It's I just, just I feel like that's not a continuity thing. I feel like that's more like a deference of age because how could Robin Hobb forget? Yeah, <laughs> and it's only in like two chapters that this happens, and it's. Always like a, he's more like this right now. I don't think it's a continuity error. I just, but what else could it mean? Just, what does it mean? I think maybe it's, it's just, just an more about acknowledgement like, of age and and how he feels that he's respect. Like, oh, you're like, I don't you're, know. Like, yeah, it's respect. You're like an older man in my family, and you're. I want your advice, and I want your leadership, and but you're not my father. Well, he doesn't even say it. Fitz says it. Okay, I just what wanted about, to point it out. It's uncle? not. It's not technically correct. That's all. All I wanted to yeah. point out. It's not correct. In, ever actually calls him uncle. in what they think or what what don't is technically true. Did you true. just say uncle? In uncle. Anyway? No, I said I don't think Dutiful ever actually calls him oh. uncle. And my brain went uncle, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no more nuncles, Fitz, no nuncles. This refers to himself as uncle in a long list of things, and he says more nephew than prince in that moment. Those are the only times it's ever said in this book. I wonder if I mean maybe it's from like a first draft, but like she'd already established that that's not their relationship. So unless she wrote this book at the same time as the other four books, chapter Somebody twelve. Write her an email right now. And I mean, heaven forbid you write 15 (laughs) books and you make a genealogy error in one of them. Who cares? But that's like a weird error to make just because... But I don't think it's actually an error. I think it's just like... Maybe it's a reflection of their language. Like, maybe, you know how like in other languages you have like deferential words that are translated imperfectly to like aunt and uncle and cousin and like, you know, like... But that's not what it means. It's just like a respectful age thing. There's just not a great way for him to reconcile that he ghost fucked a woman and then created a baby. And so, and also he's calling just him cousin going over and over uncle. again reminds me of like Robin Hood. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. All right, Joey, did you say that we need to move on? No. <laughs> 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 uh. All right, chapter twelve, cousins. Mm-hmm. The intro to this chapter is a translation of an Out Islander song by none other than the famous and best scribe tra- and traveler, Badgerlock. It's a grim challenge to young men who wish to woo to go grind their bones into blood against some ice, and I agree. So Fitz and company are back on the boat to Zylig to get this dragon-killing errand started, but Thick definitely doesn't want to go. In the end, they have to drug him and carry him down to the docks in a wheelbarrow, which Fitz finds humiliating, and Riddle just doesn't give a fuck about it. He's just, like, strolling along, like, this is, this is fine. So Thick awakes in his cabin and freaks, which I would freak too if I fell asleep in one place and woke up in a completely different place, especially if it was moving. Um, 
And he says, it's a bad dream. It's a bad dream. And Fitz goes, no, it's real. But I promise I'll keep you safe. And Fitz responds, you can't promise that. No one can promise that on a boat. Which is true. You really can't. <laughs> so Thick is so pissed that he half compels Fitz out of the room and spends the rest of the trip making Fitz trip on door jams and smack his head on ceiling joists and laughing about it. And Fitz is sitting with Shade and Doodles discussing how they can't leave Thick in Xylig because he's too strong in the force or whatever. But who cares? Let's get to the juice. Doodles wants to know who Nettle is. And instead of lying, Fitz tells the dang truth for once. And he admits that she's his daughter. Dutiful is pissed. He has a cousin. There's another Farseer. There's been someone else to share the load and get married off and lectured and manipulated this entire time. Someone to share the load. And everyone kept her secret from Dutiful despite knowing that she existed because Fitz wanted her to grow up in ignorance and possibly be eaten by a dragon. So Fitz doesn't want Swift to hear about this because of the secrets and the pride and because Birch is perfect or whatever and Dutiful is like, fine, but what about the dragon? And yeah, Fitz, what about the fucking dragon? So Dutiful demands that Nettle be summoned to Buckkeep where she can be tutored and maneuvered and used just like a good farseer and where she probably won't be eaten by a dragon looking to annoy Fitz and Fitz is resigned to this and honestly when the 15 year old in the room is the person who's having the most lucid best thoughts you failed <laughs> so there's also discussion about what a king's man is again in reference to Birch and how you can use the skill to seal someone off from the skill and Dutiful is offended that Shade would try to cover up his machinations with a dramatic oath of fealty. He says, oh, get up. You convolute the facts until neither of us knows what you're talking about. <laughs> and the best line that Shade ever says, he says, I don't think it's fair to count it as a lie when we both know that I'm lying. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> says Shade Fallstar, master politician and jerk face. So Fitz goes on annoyed by Thick's petty vengeance. He's knocking his head on shit and tripping <laughs> on like nonsense, hurting his thumb and shit. And he's judged, but he's being judged by Dutiful and he's completely cut off from Nettle because she's pissed from the last dream, but she is in communication with Thick, So we know that she's not been eaten by a dragon, which is our main concern at this point. In Xylig, they gather provisions and are told the rules of the encounter. We've got team limits and rules of interaction because these people are impossible and it's like a D&D &D game. It's like you can only bring this many people <laughs> and two of them can be fighters and two of them have to be bards and it's very, you know, there's a lot of rules so they have to, there's dice involved. And finally, one day, it's time to head to Aslavial, but Thick refuses to go and no amount of convincing will make him pack his shit or move his legs and so they leave him there hoping that his fear of being alone will motivate him to come to the imminently departing ship and I don't understand why they think that's going to work because last time they drugged him and put him in a wheelbarrow and pushed him onto a ship against his will so they're stupid and of course this doesn't work so what the fuck does thick uh do now thankfully webb the holder of all the brain cells has sent swift to wit woo <laughs> thick back to the boat Webb makes it clear to Fitz that his lack of knowledge when it comes to the wit is his own damn fault. And if he could wit-woo, his life would be that much easier. And it's embarrassing that he doesn't know how to do it. And this is going to be the last time that Webb is going to offer to teach a sorry ass. So then they have a miserable chipping... Chipping? No. Then they have a miserable choppy crossing to Eslavial, and Fitz has weird dreams of all the people that he needs to have real conversations with, like Patience <laughs> and Burridge and the Fool. Um, and 
They pull into the bay and Fitz spies a familiar figure, quote, something in my heart turned over. And up on the cliff, in front of a colorful tent, no waving, just watching, is the fool. I really am really glad that finally, uh, you know, Nettle's going to get, like, education. <laughs> like... She's not. She's going to get trained in the skills so that she doesn't accidentally hurt herself or others. She's going to learn to like read and do math and like borders and politics and you know like be smart because she's really smart. I mean, maybe I know, do know who for, not her that I want to make ex- get some money. Not that I want to make excuses for Fitz, but like when Dutiful is like, "Wow, there's someone else who could be dealing with all this bullshit that I am." this whole time you know it's kind of like well that's why he didn't want her to right to deal with. but that's really not fair because dutiful what you know whether he acknowledges this or not is also his child and he's willing to push this boy into this terrible life of you know of a lot of duty really and it's his genetically metal. his child but he never had rights to him it's not like he had any well, he doesn't have rights to metal yeah, it's either. not like I think he has more. But I mean, but he, he wasn't... So he he wants to not be Dutiful's father. He wants to believe that so badly. Yeah. But look at him. He continually says, it was Verity, it was Verity. Just look at him and how he's acting right now. <laughs> well, but I mean, he, d- I mean, because, you know, Ketrickin was, you know, is Dutiful's mother. So she was already in power. And so, you know... Yeah, but he, he has didn't the really, He didn't really he have a chance to, like, stop that from happening. He doesn't know his parents. Like, he has way more in common with Fitz than he would have ever had in common with Verity. Like, I know that's, like, maybe sacrilegious to say in the rote fandom, but it's true. Like, he, no, I'm, I agree with you there. I'm just saying that, that Fitz didn't sacrilege? really have any opportunity that's to so stop true. Dutiful from being used well, in that way. Verity is, very, with is pretty untouchable. Like, everybody. I don't, I'm not... I'm not saying that, like, we should forget that Verity exists, but we should kind of forget that Verity exists. Like, because <laughs> he was important to Fitz, but that's really, that was his part in the plan. Yeah, I'm just saying that it's easy for Fitz to say that I'm not his dad. I will just, he's just my prince. He's got to do his prince things. And I will right, help him right. do his and prince things. He doesn't deserve to be protected like Nettle, because Nettle's a girl or whatever. Yeah. I think it's more of the fact that he wants to protect Molly, to be honest. Yeah. He doesn't want Molly to I like I think he him. just wants to keep that part of his life separate so that he doesn't have to confront it and deal with it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's very astute. Yeah. I but think if you yeah. discussed with Molly, like, do you want to send your children to school? Do you want them to, like, make have a better life than you? She'd say yes. Yeah, but you also have Molly being like, you either choose me or you choose serving your king. Mm. And I'm just going to, like, give you this ultimatum and leave. Which, I mean, was valid at the time. But Molly but, like, was also, like, 19. Like, that's... We can't judge her on this. Well, yeah, but, like, is she going to want her... 
her child mixed up in all of that too like i don't know well when birch is currently blind and unable to make money and she has (laughs) what 12 children so i just i feel like they need to find like i'm not saying that I'm not saying the end result wouldn't be Nettle going to Buckkeep and learning. I'm just saying I feel like people having reservations about it is not ridiculous. The The length at which they go to to go to keep her from it is insane, but I do think the reservations are valid. Especially when he's going to sleep every night and, like, Nettle's there talking to a fucking dragon. It's like, <laughs> I think the horse has left the barn. Like... <laughs> <laughs> hey. Don't forget to saddle it, Mister. What kind of saddle will it get, Bar Boy? <laughs> Do you know about different kinds of saddles, Joey? Yeah, there's an <laughs> English saddle and a Western saddle, and you got your different kinds of horns. That's about it. Pommels, yeah. No, that horns. increases your acceleration when you change up the little. Oh my god, I hate guts. Stirrups. Stirrup. (laughs) Just name different parts. Mm -hmm. Hooves. Beautiful. Nice knees. Mane. We can talk about the fool being on the island. That's old news. (laughs) Old news. (laughs) This is now named different parts of a horse. So... (laughs) So did he travel back to the mountains and wake up growing a dragon? What do you think? I mean, according sure to him like saying, it. I got here by dragon, wait. and also the painting that Katrin draws made on Instagram. <laughs> but wait, go with that, yes. how, how would he have gotten to the girl on a dragon? That shit was in Jampe, right? Yeah. He can travel. So He's got legs. He took that a was also to the dream. town, which took like three books to get to one book but you know. right Fit, Fitz dreamed that he was on Girl on a Dragon right it was a dream he dreamed but that I, the fool was on yeah. Girl on a Dragon I feel like there's some truth to it well when he yeah yeah cause the fool well, said by I can't dragon. say anything <laughs> well later uh, on in the chapter he says how did you get here and he says I flew and Fitz goes Okay, sarcasm. Yeah, I mean, but, like, they don't have airplanes, so. (laughs) Well, he just thinks that he got on a ship somehow, rather than what he dreamed, which was obviously real, but he was too stupid to realize that. Dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. It's just funny, because the fool never lies to Fitz. And he's, he, and Fitz never believes him, ever. Right. <laughs> also, I like I this more. Like, he's... oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I love the fact that like the fool's been camping on this cliff for like a month, waiting for these assholes to get there in his fabulous tent <laughs> without his makeup. Yes. <laughs> I love that we got like a more rugged version of him. Yes, he Mountain. truly can do Mountain. anything. <laughs> <laughs> But what was it that you had to have to wake up the stone dragons? Didn't you have to? You had ah, to have the wit. This is important. You had to have the yes. wit and 
blood and wit, right? Blood and wit. Blood and wit and the skill. And the skill. Yeah, you had to have both magics and then blood. That Okay. So does that mean Nettle helped him get the dragon? Does Nettle have the wit? I guess, I mean, I guess the fool technically has a smidge of both himself. Does he just need those fingers? Yeah, he has his, he has his skill fingers. He woke, but Fitz also woke up with his fingers on the markings. But does not read into that in any way. No, that's a normal way to sleep. I know, right? I sleep like that. (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't know how long the fool has been on the island. Mm. I like to think it's been the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know he was there long enough to to see Birch, and then we don't know. After. Right, yeah, right. We do know that. So at least, uh, at least for like the last what three weeks. Because yeah, they were in Whistlington for for twelve days, for 12 and then they days. had to go back to Zyla. The train leaves Philadelphia go. at seven thirty nine a.m., going one hundred and twenty five <laughs> miles per hour, and a dragon flies overhead. How long does it take to get to Oslofjall? If a prophet no, I mean, is I, on a dragon, I guess it it, t- it depends on how long it takes him to get to Girl on a Dragon. I don't know where Girl on a Dragon is. That is, is a very important uh, piece of information. We yeah. don't really know where mm-hmm. she is because. After, we don't. Drop it I down. Mean, well, that's where they started, but who knows if that's where she went back to after the Red Ship Wars? Maybe the fool learned summon Joey. Did she park the car <laughs> in the same spot? <laughs> can, bleep, bleep. can the fool use the uh, the skill stones with those fingers? Oh, probably. Wait, is there a skill pillar? Eli, are you a rereader? <laughs> What the fuck is going on right now? Maybe. There's a a skill pillar on Osvid, y'all. Are you me this time No, the skill pillar is in Utah, Joey. Cash up. (laughs) (laughs) They took it. Yeah, we don't know where it is now. Why'd they take it? It's in my living room. Shh. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Okay, lots to think about. Lots to think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, poor Thick, still getting carted around. Must be important that we do so. And now, finally, Dutiful knows that he is not alone in the world, that he has a cousin. This is important information, because this is the kind of shit that, like, if you don't reveal, they could end up married or something. So right. I'm really glad that he knows. <laughs> but I think that they're, like, kind so of okay bad. that shit. It's only no. a little incesty. It's not because it's not really his cousin, right? It's his sister. Half so. sister, only, <laughs> yeah. only, but like not a like only a body half sister. Yeah, it's, it's just his sperm. It's not his child. It's not his soul sister. <laughs> soul sister, soul sister. <laughs> That's what Thick Song turned to mm. while they were having that conversation. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was talking about. 
incest thick thick uh, skill situation. I, 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 it made me kind of sad that Thick was being so evil with his use of the skill towards Fitz, of like oh, fucking yes. with him. Shit was awesome. Whatever. No, I don't feel bad for <laughs> Fitz. I feel bad that Thick is that. in such a dark place. It's a great dark place, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because he doesn't. They're not. Ex- I know that they like are they think to themselves, oh, it's no use explaining to him, and they also are somehow reluctant to tell him that all the things that he's doing are for the prince because they don't want him to hate the prince. But like, just tell him what's going on. Yeah, he's obviously, and I think they I mean, comment in one of these chapters how he's not as half witted as the title presumes, and right. that he's actually quite with it and communicates well and understands what they're saying and all that kind of stuff and you know, coddling and bamboozling and all that kind of stuff isn't going to get them very far, I don't think. Right, and then Fitz is like, oh, I don't think that you're uh, actually seasick anymore, and that's one of the reasons that he's being lashed out against, because... Save it for the next chapter, because there's something wrong with him in Asphid, y'all. There's something serious. He's, He's got, like, there's something wrong. It's not seasickness. All right, well, also, small shout-out to Riddle for making an appearance, being cool, always showing up when you need a bro. All right. <laughs> chapter, what's the next chapter? 13. Chapter Asher 13. Chapter 13 is So, enters intro, I'll go real short. It's just a nice summary of the history of forging during the Red Ship Wars, and I wonder what that could be <laughs> foreshadowing. So... Dutiful and co, they pull up to Aslavial, and the fool watches them. As usually happens when the two meet, Fitz uses several expensive sheets of vellum describing the fool's appearance. (laughs) (laughs) The fool didn't bother with makeup today. Instead of asking if he's sick, as Fitz certainly would have done with any lady, Fitz describes him as, quote, a creature out of a tale. But Fitz is snubbed, and his betters are invited to tea. Instead, Fitz finds himself unloading the ship and making an interesting discovery. Being restricted on the number of people he could bring, it seems that Shade decided to replace manpower with firepower. (laughs) (laughs) And he did so by packing several casks of his explosive powder. He's hoping to uh, improve the reliability, I'd, I'd surely hope. Um... As the camp is being set up, Fitz spends some time observing it. The grim, nameless warriors sent by the other clans to watch Dutiful's task are huddled by themselves. They don't talk to anyone else, and any time Fitz tries to interact with them, they're like, hey, fuck off. Um, (laughs) The royalty from the Six Duchies and the Out Islands have set up their tents right next to Lord Golden's, and all of these super important people are in quiet conference together having tea. Um... And Bloodblade and his warriors prepare to leave immediately, which Fitz is concerned about. Uh, why Why wouldn't this important guy, this supposedly important guy, stick around? Um, while anybody who is anybody is spending that first night at Bloodblade's ba- farewell feast on the ship, Fitz stays on the island rather than trying to force Thick back onto the boat. And honestly, I don't blame him. So Fitz decides to explore the island a bit, and he finds the remains of a village which appears to have been raided to, 
and razed to the ground, completely destroyed. Um, past the village, Fitz finds a quarry, which he pretty much almost falls into, and which would have been a really shitty into the book. Alas, the story goes on. Uh, and it turns out the quarry was for mining memory stone. And just like the quarry in the Mountain Kingdom, uh, this memory stone, it's veined in silver. It's, uh, yeah, it's got... Uh, some of it he finds is thrumming with life, as they call it. Uh, completely forgetting his telepathic powers, Fitz rushes back to the boat to tell Shade rather than just fucking <laughs> skilling it to him. And on the way back, he spots more memory stone. Uh, near the ship and partially hidden by the tide is a stone dragon. Like the same stone dragons uh, from... Uh, near the quarry where Verity was doing his stuff. Um, so this dragon is made up of multiple discrete pieces of carved stone. So it's a bunch of big chunks put together. Um, they're not like fused into one piece. Fitz shows the dragon to the rest of the party in the blo and uh, uh, Bloodblade informs us that the pieces of stone were used as ballast in the Pale Woman's white ships during the Red Ship War. Uh-oh. And it seems like he's going to tell us more about this cool fact. And uh, then Piotr is like, uh, why don't we go to sleep tonight? And they, everybody goes to sleep. The end. End of story. Pretty curious. Um, intrigued, Fitz goes back to the dragon in the middle of the night to investigate. He finds that each block thrums with a different kind of life. So none of the blocks are the same. But he also finds that the life is made up of many different voices in each block. And he comes to the grim realization that these blocks are the memories of those people who were forged during the Red Ship Wars. And the intent was to create a stone dragon out of them. Well, uh, I mean, I guess this is uh, what our doofus hero believes. And honestly, it's what this doofus reader believes, too. <laughs> so... Fitz suspects that the failure to create a stone dragon was likely the same as what happened to Girl and a Dragon, um, where the people who were involved were not of the single-minded purpose to uh, join themselves into one stone dragon, and so it didn't work out. Um, he informs Shade of this, finally deciding to use his skill. Uh, but there isn't time to look, to look into this right now because they've got to go find a real fucking dragon. Fuck that stone dragon. Um, back at camp, Thick announces that this is the worst place he's ever been. And uh, I find that a serious indictment by someone who has been vomiting for the past month straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fitz tries to cheer him up by making tea and ends up going out to look for something to sweeten the tea up. Obviously, the only person around with a little something sweet around here is the fool. And so he goes into the fool's tent and borrows some honey from his tent. Uh, the honeyed tea appeases thick and the little man admits that he's tired of fighting with Fitz. It also turns out that he was mad at Fitz because Nettle was mad at Fitz. And so he felt like he should be too. Um, <laughs> Nettle is mad because she had to leave her home and go to Buckkeep because of Tintagli, and she's not enjoying the court life. 
She also said that her papa is going to go kill the dragon. And Fitz is elated because he took this to mean that someone had told Nettle who he was. But I don't know about that. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can we talk about stealing into the fool's tent, even though he knows that he's not supposed to go into the tent? Is this like the third or the fourth time he's done that? He does leave the crown so that he knows he was there. No entrance except for Fitz, who will come in anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's the fool knows that Fitz has no boundaries with that, so. He He sets no boundaries on his love. He also can't stand it. He's like, I gotta get in there. No one else is being in there. You said no boundaries, I'm going in the tent. I'm taking your honey, and I'm going to leave you a little message about your little crown, because I have the other parts to your crown. Yeah, I'm going to touch like your shit and then take your whatever. honey in this cold, desolate place. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> was the, the last time he did this is when Jack was there. Hmm. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go do it. i got to find out. I can. You know why? Because he won't yell at me. He's never yelled at me before. He just looks. I mean, they did have that one fight, though. The disappointment instead They did of... have it out. Yeah, but, like, negative attention is better than no attention at all, Ashley. So he's I just mean, trying to get negative attention. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you getting into his room and I'm taking his honey. Uh, I really like this Fargo gif. That was yeah. Who put that <laughs> so in there? Good. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure that I agree with you 100% on your police work there, uh, Lou. Yeah, yeah, I did put the gift in my 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 gif in my own my own intro, my own thing. Don't you know your intro there? Don't you know, Lou? So Ashley, you've waited nine books to figure out some shit. Oh yeah, are you finally getting answers? Well, kind of. We're getting we're getting the doofus's take on what the answers are. No, yeah, because they totally just, like, left us hanging about the fucking stones and the people and what was happening. We never got concrete answers. So it's, They're in there. They're in there. They're, they're in there. They're in the stones, <laughs> which was, like, no wonder this place is thrumming with such a negative energy because the souls of all of these people are trapped inside of this fucking rock. Or rocks, plural, I guess. Is this the chapter where he's like, I think we should like do something about it, and then Shade's like, Yeah, we'll we'll come back later. Yeah, we have to, like he's take like, the, yeah, the rocks. To... We'll come back for our dead people later. He's like, We're gonna we'll just get the rocks and we'll take them back to the six statues. And it's like, but also, what, what are you gonna like, do? I... And also, some of the rock has been carved away. So does that mean that some people aren't there anymore? Like, well, also Fitz like personally killed like ninety percent of all the forged people in Buckkeep. Yeah, <laughs> where did the souls go? They just like. <laughs> go float around in the skill river or something no it's like zod it's like zod in that mirror in (laughs) superman 2 they're all just like spinning in space in a pane of glass let us out or do they they break all the stones and all the spirits come out and they invade everyone's dreams What's going to happen? God, you would have well, to, you have to have a special sword. Yeah, you'd have to. Yeah, you have to have a magical sword, and then you have to be like, "Hey, if you do a thing for me, I will free you." And then there's like a whole thing with skulls. It's... <laughs> I ain't afraid of no skulls. <laughs> oh, you you suck them afraid. into a backpack, and then they yeah. stay in a backpack. That's, that doesn't solve the problem. It just puts them in a backpack. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> make me feel good. serpents can eat souls. <laughs> I don't know. 
What? Oh, that's dark. That's really dark, Ashley. Wow. They need memories, Are kind you... of. I guess. I you know up until seven, this point seven. I thought that like the person on on this crew that would like best vibe with Robin Hobb was Alyssa, but you just said that horrible thing. So now I feel like Robin Hobb would like you best. Why is that? I don't understand the correlation. Seventh Heaven. Ew, gross. That show. Gag. Dad turned out to be a pedo. What? That's that's about as dark as it gets. When I see their smiling faces. Stop, Joey. I eat their souls, too. (laughs) Where do Uh, they go? Oh, God, Joey. (laughs) When, When their souls have been forged. The answer is inside of a dragon. <laughs> Not that fucking stone over there. Uh, oh my god. So I yeah. Just have to get to the end of this kind story. of kind of got some answers about what went down with the forged ones. Um You're not fully satisfied. No, no. Well, one, how could I be satisfied when it comes this late in the game? Oh, okay. Well, I guess you'll never be satisfied. <laughs> I guess it's only going to be later. I, I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I'm... I know how it goes these days. So Nettle has been in Buckkeep for two-ish weeks, and... She mad. She hates it there. I don't blame and her. she's butting heads with Ketrika. Because Ketrika, she's just so goddamn nice, and she's giving her all those cute skirts. How dare she? Slacks girl. It makes me feel like Molly must be really fucking mean to her. Because she's like, this bitch is so nice to me, I hate her. I mean, <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> I think that Nettle grew up in a household of extreme dysfunction, but. Oh, yeah. No, it's like well, that. That's why everybody keeps saying, Fitz, Fitz, are you sure that Molly would have chosen Burrich over you? And, like, it's like, I don't know. I think in the beginning, I think when it was just Nettle and them, and they're like, let's go get married at the Stones, and we can have, like, another baby, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. But then, you add that many kids to the mix, I'm sorry. That's not, it's not sexy. It's not, they didn't have enough money to provide for all of those kids. They have to work very hard, laborious jobs to try to make it work, like... Are they working hard because they have so many kids, or did they have kids so they could have more labor on their little... Honey it's a catch twenty two, they but they work, don't have birth control. Hard hardly so working. I'm gonna say. But remember, Molly always said, "I'm not going to involve myself with the drunk," because her father was a drunk. Yeah, and, and then Whoops. she got with the drunk. You love yeah. what you hate. All right, let's move on to the last chapter, please. Before we, this hit. is just a drug addict, not a <laughs> chapter. What he? It's the same. Chapter fourteen. chapter 14 is called the black man the intro is about skill dreamers which is a fancy phrase for lucid dreamers if you lucid dream congratulations you're a skill user um and fitz wakes up from no dreams at all perfect a normal skill user after wandering around fitz overhears some hetgird men talking about how they put out their leftovers as an offering for the black man but he didn't take it and Fitz gets pretty judgy about bread and fish and decides it's probably because the food sucks. 
with a don't have a cow man Fitz goes to check on Thick, who definitely still has pneumonia or is recovering from pneumonia but he's well a little recovered still not doing his best everyone else shows up on their ships and Fitz realizes he's glad the fool came I'm going to read this paragraph to you and you tell me it's not gay (laughs) (laughs) it's not gay the whole book no (laughs) you can't prove anything The black man discussion continued, but I was distracted from it by the fool. He had approached, chattering amiably with Cockle and Swift. The layered black and white of his garments put me so in mind of him in the days when he had been King Shrewd's jester that I felt my throat close. He glanced my way once, a mere flicker of his brandy eyes. His throat closed? Throat closed. You don't so overcome with emotion, Joe. Clamp throat closed. They don't write fic like this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the bear clan man who left the food out for the, the guy who told Fitz to buzz off earlier <laughs> tries to convince the Narcheska to give Dutiful a different and more wholesome task to complete, like bringing her some sea monkeys or inventing <laughs> kinetic sand or brushing a bear's teeth or perhaps giving a better nickname to the black man. <laughs> She looks straight ahead and tells him to fuck right off. The hunt is still on. Quote, witness me, the war boys yell, revving their boat engines for a three-day hike across a glacier. Witness. (laughs) It bursts into laughter. We're all screaming witness. Mediocre. Uh, Piotr. Oh, yeah. Wow, it rhymes. Piotr. Patooies his chewing tobacco into the spittoon and says, Dragon? Yeah, I seen him. The head? The tail? The whole damn thing. No one there is about this, but Thick is extra not about this, and Fitz and Thick are soon far behind the rest of the group trudging across the ice as Thick takes above and beyond precaution, probing the ice as he goes. Chase skills at Fitz to report that Elianya has been crying this whole time, but I guess Chate has never had icy wind in his face, and that's <laughs> my belief about that. <laughs> Thick, uh, many hours later, I assume, turns to Fitz and is like, why did you let the group get out of sight? But then he spots a figure atop the ridge. Quote, he moved swiftly and oddly, yet in a way I could not pinpoint, his gait was familiar. Then he disappears, spooky, a ghost. No one else saw him, though, and Fitz and Thick arrive atop the ridge to find everybody's pretty tense and food waiting. I guess Fitz thinks that he has the palate of Gordon Ramsay because he has another fucking soliloquy about how the salted meat is underdone. (laughs) (laughs) He is Gordon Ramsay, because Gordon Ramsay sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But Fitz is the idiot sandwich. Fitz realizes all the cool people have left the party and tries to leave the fire that they're gathered around in the most awkward way possible, and I had flashbacks to some terrible high school bonfires. <laughs> Luckily, Chade is the wingman for the shadows, and Fitz follows him away, where they talk about how Nettle is in Bucky for her own safety and how they might be able to communicate with her, and thus the queen through Thick. Fitz says they have to tread carefully because Nettle is mad at him. And, oh yeah, Thick is mad at him, too. And Chade delivers a sick, I told you so, and Ollie's into the night. I didn't have high school bonfires. Now I'm jealous. Me I neither. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> I what? did. Neither did I. What was horrible about them? Rachel, we had high school bonfires? There were other what the people fuck are there. you talking about? 
I had different friends than you. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> at the school we had, like at like football games no. or something. No. Okay. Okay. You're right. We had different friends. People's houses. Jeez. <laughs> My friend had a barn. But like, what mm. was bad about it... those bonfires? There were other people there. so uh thick insisting on you know like probing every step is me i agree with him yeah yeah definitely i've seen you in the winter (laughs) (laughs) holding onto the rail with both hands yeah I don't want to have to wear a boot in New York City. That sucks. And Fitz and me are like, worst case, I die. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Eli, you have not had to try to like navigate an MTA stairwell after any amount of snow whatsoever. It's I have okay. I have done a pull up on the MTA light though. Uh-huh. Eli, oh, Eli would run that was like the most just... bro fucking thing I have ever heard. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> doing like maybe ten. Yeah, but like this one time, and... I was just like, you know, it's like God, I have all this energy. I'm just gonna do a pull up. Oh. <laughs> right, fucking here. <laughs> I'm proud of you though, because I've never done a pull up in my life. So way to go, Eli. Yeah, yeah, way to go. I haven't done one since I was five. <laughs> I have a, I have a myth in my mind that someday I'll be able to do one. Yeah, there's a pull up bar that's sitting next to the door. <laughs> I used to have one in my door when I was five and I did gymnastics. That was the last time I had arms. We, we had one in my hallway growing up and I could never do it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Pull-ups are for strong Anyways. people and I'm not that, so. Walking across the ice. We still haven't had a confrontation between Fitz and the Fool. And now there's some... Some other creepy person. Is yeah. it Henja? Who knows? I don't know. Henja can't be everywhere all the time. My God, how did she get there? <laughs> she she was how the backpack. Maybe she also she changed it. her bush camouflage to. <laughs> she was the wheelbarrow. She was the backpack. <laughs> she painted herself as a keg of powder. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, we got this lurker who nobody else sees, and then thick. Could be the black so man, thick considering is... that's what the title of the chapter Well, was. I mean... So Thick is super obsessed with prodding, but there's also the thing with his music and how he's telling everybody to, like, shut the fuck up so he can hear the music. And then Fitz notices mm-hmm. that he's doing something in a pattern, so I guess we'll get more on that later? I mean, it makes sense that the music that he hears is going to lead to something important because why else have we been fucking talking about it for so long you mean Thick's music yeah he makes the music he's Thick's music well yeah I know but like just how he processes he, I guess my point is that Thick like he's creating it because he hears it does that make sense I, yeah it's I like mean, yeah. it's like if you work for Stomp it's just in your soul you just gotta ba boom chica chica you sounded like Gene from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Joey is Gene Boom. from Bob's Burgers. Boom. Alternatively, 
he's very scared that he's going to fall in a hole and he's making the music that's how he focuses on doing his thing yeah and he he yeah. doesn't want to stop listening to the music and die so he's gotta gotta do it just right gotta keep all i'm saying keep the music is going. i think that thick and his music are gonna have like a fucking neville longbottom moment Oh, yeah. oh, that's that's okay. where I'm putting my yeah. money. And kill oh, a yeah, big black snake. Cut, cut that snake up. Um, what else happened? It's described the fool, and it was not gay. It was very <laughs> gay. The nar- uh. so the Narcheska crying. I don't know why you guys think that she was crying, but I had an idea in my head of like, I don't know, I'm really hung up on the tattoos and being near the dragon and all this kind of stuff. So I was thinking maybe she's crying because her tattoos are flared up or something. That's just a totally wild Ooh. guess. Yeah, definitely. Somebody's compelling That's her to good. do something. Ooh. She's defying, this whole mission is in defiance of, I think, the woman who's tattooed her. And so it would make sense that her tattoos Wait, do you th- are flared up. Wait, do you think the assassination of the dragon is in defiance? I think anything that she's doing is in defiance, honestly. Outside of her, like, being the perfect little... You know, when she was at Buckheap, every time she wasn't doing things exactly the way the woman told her to, that she was in defiance. And her sending the prince on this fucking crazy quest... In order to marry her, seems like that would be an act of defiance for sure. With like some with some she goal him. in place, I don't know. But she wanted her to marry the prince. I know that's what I'm saying, and, Nar- and then the Narcheska put this obstacle in place. Mm. Uh. But she's <laughs> crying all the way there, so maybe it's not her obstacle. I don't know. Just it is also interesting that all of the like, all of the other outlet island groups that are there are like, "Hey, this is fucking not good. We don't, we don't like this." And mm-hmm. Piotta and persisting anyway. Yeah, Piotta is like, "No, this is what we're fucking doing." Okay, you said so... you'd do this. We're doing this. But Rachel says maybe it's okay. So now. She's maybe the Narcheska is leading somebody on their death march, but then it would be the fool because he's the other tattooed person. She doesn't give a shit about him. I don't know. I'm guessing. All you guys ever ask for me is to fucking guess and give my opinions. And now I'm just <laughs> spitballing. <laughs> I get shot down. You. We appreciate you, Ashley. We do. Keep going. We get more emails about you than anyone else. Oh, wow. People yeah, love that's me. That's not how chair works. Okay. Uh, Alright, I'm going to go into every episode prompts because this is going to take me 12 hours to edit. Anything else to say about this chapter, my friends? Mm. Nettle? Thick? The familiar um, gate? I like that everything alien? is always messed up because of Fitz and his like problems with his children. He's just the worst dad. He's raised half of fucking just like, six oh, duchies. God, again. He's raised half of the six duchies. He's got, like, kids everywhere. <laughs> Not once has he thought about Hap. I just want to point that out. It's been, like, a month He's and a half. He's got a lot of other <laughs> shit going on. He left Hap money. <laughs> I mean, Hap can fend for him fucking self. 
Yeah, fuck. He has a roof over that. his head and an apprenticeship and, and, and funds. Like, what the fuck else does he need right Whatever. now? Whatever. He's thought about patience. He's got three other dangerous, to think about. Dangerous women. Woman. He's thought about yeah. everyone else in the world, but... <laughs> Cap is any any kid at college with a shitty significant other. Yeah, he doesn't need to worry about yeah. Hap. He's going to get himself punched. That's okay. <laughs> All right, every episode prompts friends in high places, character introductions, and exits. We met the current Narcheska of the Narwhal clan, and she's deaf and amazing and goes everywhere in a chair that you have to carry. (laughs) A willow wood chair. And and racist grandmother. Reference to our last episode, she appears to sit on a frat bench at all times. The other girl that Narcheska Lestra. grew up with. Yes. Lestra. Who is probably, I guess, the second in line for Narcheska. Mm-hmm. The bitch asshole. She wants that chair. She wants that that willow wood chair. And the argument Uh, about like the the great grandmothers being twins and everything. I'm like, you know, that's not a solid argument that you have there. But okay, you can tell that that's like something that the one that the grandmother has been saying for fifty years. Yeah. Um. Also, reintroduction of Henja, possibly. She's back. And you don't know where she is. You could be looking right at her. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Skills acquired. Fitz and company learn and grow. What new skills were shown in this section? We had some wit-wooing going on. I will say Shade has... travel across the glacier. Wait, say again? Shade is getting better. Yeah, Shade is getting way better. Jenny, what'd you say? I think ever... How to travel across the glacier. Probing the ground. Probing ice. More practical knowledge from Robin Hobb. How to skin a moose. How to make candles. (laughs) How to cross the glacier safely. I think everyone is getting better at the wit and the skill. Except for Fitz. Well, except for Fitz, who refuses to learn. Fitz gets better in spite of it. He, like, just... he, He gets better even without trying. It's... Yeah, he has to go into, like, survival mode or, like, you know, like, he, he has to... Well, yeah, like, if he absolutely off. has to do something, then he's great at it, but otherwise, he's just like, I should do that, but I'm gonna procrastinate, which, you know, is relatable. <laughs> I really like, I like the surrealism of Nettle's dreams, where she can, like, pick up the fabric of reality and shake it out like a blanket. That's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, um, animal assists. I put in Sarah Robert Rat and the cheese. I don't know if that was an assist, really, but it was <laughs> delightful. Just a nice little <laughs> yeah. seagull. Was the seagull ponies assisting groin injury? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Pony jumping. <laughs> ponies attempting to escape gravity of Earth. Perfect. Love it. There they go. Uh, Risk was there, but, you know, not as sexy as she was in the last section. Not showing off. There was a half-formed stone dragon. Was there a whale? That's not really an animal. I thought it was the dragon. No, No, it was the the stone dragon. 
Oh, yeah, it was just the, the dragon. dragon. I thought it was like a whale, and then it was the. Uh, I thought no. at first it was a whale, and then it was described as a dragon. It breached. <laughs> it breached the water like a whale. Right. <laughs> uh, was the fool there, and how fabulous was he being? I mean, the man flew, or they flew in on a dragon with a silk tent made out of dragon print that holds and in a the literal heat glow and up. packs up into a tiny minuscule pack. That's pretty fucking fabulous. <laughs> and he went with his natural glow sans makeup. Yes. Yeah, he's just got like an infomercial for like the vacuum seal pack. Right. <laughs> And one of the things that he carries is a dust buster so that he can always, you know, deflate it back down. Fitz shows up and is like, damn, how much you pay for this at REI? So good. Look at this. Now you understand what was in all those packs. There on the dock. Helpful things. Uh, yeah, I wrote, look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's totally chillaxing, fool on a cliff, you failures, you failed, the fool is here, you cannot escape destiny. <laughs> Fitz, misery, the bastard, has a moment, heroics, tantrums, and extremely bad decisions. I feel like any time that he was skill drifting with, with, dutiful when dutiful was horny was a mistake <laughs> i mean it's not entirely yeah his fault, i was gonna but say yes, he like... should put his walls up better yeah he gotta work on those walls <laughs> he's just he, he's having flashbacks to verity and being like oh god now i have to deal with it yeah verity's like who's that who's that red skirts that yeah. you're seeing in your dreams at night oh jesus god. please stop <laughs> Um, he did finally make a good decision, even though it was epically late, and that was to finally say the words that Nettle is his daughter, and she has a skill. Yes. Well, really, all he was doing was letting, like, Dutiful know, literally everyone else knows. Well, yeah. (laughs) True. But it finally resulted in her- Nettle didn't know, and- Still doesn't know. Still doesn't really. Yeah. Well, arguable. We'll see. Um, Fitz thinks she knows because he's dumb. Yeah. Well, but, but and also Ketty is pretty like straightforward and honest and has been wanting to tell. So I would feel like she would, but I don't know. Maybe she wanted. To I just don't. I don't. I don't. I think Papa is not. Papa is not Fitz. You don't go. You don't <laughs> like block out and give the silent treatment to your dad, but then call him Papa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it? Ain't it? Uh, okay. Uh, she'd be like, you... that wolf guy from my dreams is gonna slay a dragon if she was gonna slay Yeah, she'd it. call him, like, Wolf Man or whatever it is she calls him. Shadow Wolf. Hmm. Changer. Uh, but did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. Someone's gonna die. I don't know who it's gonna be. <laughs> People gonna die. People gonna die. I think there might actually be a fucking dragon somewhere on this island, but I guess we'll find out. Um, you can't say you're that. You're a rereader, so your opinion. <laughs> you're just saying it. Right? You're just putting out red herrings. We could say whatever garbage we want. I can. Eli, you genuinely don't I was going to say, Eli, episode. you don't even know. You asked if people could use skill pillars. <laughs> <laughs> 
guys are a mess. Oh. See, I can be all like, you know, sound like I know what I'm talking about this time since I actually finished the book. I don't have to be like my usual failure of a <laughs> You know you have to suffer through it in real time, though. How does that feel? It's okay. What made you cry? Uh, underage titties. Didn't like it. Nope. Could have done without it. <laughs> Made dutiful cry. Reading the end it of the It was a little cringy. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty like, okay, I get it, you found the statue, but like, we didn't have to. We didn't have to That explains that. the drawing I found. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the weird overblouse. Fashions from the Out Islands. I do appreciate the attention that was paid to their hairstyles and the fact that, like, yeah. they said that they didn't have, like, they weren't all wearing the same thing. They all had, like, different, you know, it's like they probably make their own clothes and it's part of their personality. Or, like, being unique is cool there. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of detail, like, even when she was talking about the boots that Narcheska had on like her winterized boots and how they're like there was deer and it still had the fur on the skin and all of that it was like and the the uh the old lady the 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 grandmother narcheska she had a jacket jacket on that was covered with little buttons shaped like narwhals like the whole thing mm -hmm. which sounded pretty fabulous yeah that sounded pretty cool uh and also Who was wearing a black and white robe black and white robe with a hood practical practical stylish looks good in the wind while you're sitting up there or doing the weathering heights thing mm -hmm. reminds your soulmate of your winter motley yeah <laughs> <laughs> action it's the action palette uh oh uh and peter's uh h hilarious winter gear where he can't put his arms down <laughs> like it's a christmas story <laughs> see just like a toddler who got overly bundled and just yeah. like, yes The last time I was here, uh, I swear it was colder. <laughs> global warming. But now there's global warming. Um, and did Fitz fits it, Joey? Isn't that the same as Fitz Misery, the Bastard Has a Moment? No. it's We're on episode 57 of this. <laughs> I'm just now realizing it. I don't think they're the same. Uh, uh, did Fitz fits it? I mean, he didn't have a disastrous moment, so no. Just give him a couple okay. of chapters, I'm sure it's coming. Uh, Ooh. next up is Fool's Fate, chapters 15 through 19. Uh, this has been Bucky Bradio. You can email us at buckybradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email or summarize it. Uh, since that's what I did this, this episode. Um, you can find me online at Darth Rachel and on Instagram at Darth underscore Rachel. I'm Alyssa and you can find me at AlyssaMaynard.com. Uh, I'm Jenny and you can find me at Faces Free on Instagram. And I did finish that drawing of the fool being a roadblock on the docks. And at some point I will draw more yes. of sad things. Uh, sad things. Yes. I hope. Spoilers. Please draw more sad things. Hashtag spoilers. <laughs> Sad things. Ashley. There are things that happen in this book, and <clears throat> I may draw them. <clears throat> How's that? <laughs> now I'm just gonna have to wonder what all the sad things are. Jeez. It's oh, the rouging of the nipple. What I want to draw next again. is not the sad. The rouging of the, the nipple. Sad. 
Yeah, don't draw that. Ooh. Don't draw that. No, I was not that at all. Please don't draw that. Like a whore. It's actually uh, dutiful's nipples. It's dutiful's nipples that get rouged. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Three outros. Come on, we can do it. I'm Eli, and please don't follow me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have us out of order on here, Rachel. Anyways, I'll go. You have Joey and then me, but... That threw me off. I can I can go next. I just got I didn't even read it. I just usually assume I'm the last and least important. I know, and I was waiting because you were supposed to go next based on Rachel's poor notes. Anyways, oh I actually am on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. I am Joey, and I'm not on the internet. <laughs> cool. Next up is spoilers. Great, great. Ooh. It's been great. All right, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're going to need a bigger falls asleep I think after his like drug trip and then is it after that? I don't know I, f- I forget. Anyway he falls asleep and he like just like sort of curls up on the bed and then the fool curls up next to him and their brows are almost touching and the fool's hand is out and he's like I'll just put my hand in here and then yes. he feels Aww. happy and safe. Yes! The, the so camping the camping in the same tent where he's just like, I, I'm i just going to stay in here. It's nice. It's warm. And I don't give a fuck what you guys think. And I'm like, this is growth, Fitz. It's growth. You're going to I like when tent. Shade is like, are you going to go back to the fool's tent? And he's like, yes, I Maybe. am. He's like, this is bad. <laughs> Not for that reason. <laughs> I like that he didn't linger on the thought of it at all. He was just like, yep, I'm nope. going to stay there. Yep. Yep. I'm... He. I also like when he in this this section when he's like, "Are you still mine, boy?" It's like as, no. as much as I ever been. So no. Yeah, which translates yeah. to the fool is here, so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a lot of feelings reading the end of the book. I don't. What is this like? Is this like those romance novels where it's like they're in their normal lives, they just can't get it together enough to fall in love, but then they like end up like you know, there's only one bed, they're snowed in, they're on vacation, like that kind of, that kind of like <laughs> taking them out of their normal roles so that where they just they're sharing clothes, finally cuddle and share the yeah, love it, make each other tea. I do, I do love the drug trip though. Because he's just like losing his goddamn mind, and the fool is just like, "Shut up!" It's kind of it's kind of sad because it gets into like suicide stuff, and yeah, well, yeah, there's that part of the elf bark too, but well, I think it's just kind of like you know we 
we are on book nine and Fitz has so much trauma that he hasn't dealt with that there kind of has to be like a narrative point where Fitz has to kind of push through some of it like obviously not all of it but he has to get he has to push through and acknowledge some of it before he can really truly grow as a character and unfortunately it's it's just all piled up into this last half of Fool's Fate <laughs> well then he just gets it all back from the dragon yeah. Yeah, that's true. When he gets it back from the dragon. And then he's like, I feel whole now. I can go be with Molly. And then I'm Do like, they ever oh, have an actual conversation about how the fool gets there? Or are we all supposed to just have gleaned that he... That's it. Is that still the information we ever get? I can't what, remember. How he gets to the island? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's telling him the whole story. And Fitz is, like, oh, okay. casually not believing it. And yeah. he's like, oh, wait, no, this is real? Okay. Because he describes how he, like, managed to wake girl on a dragon oh yeah she so we do, do get yeah, those answers yeah and then in uh, in the middle of talking about flying there i mean that's chapter 13 right i mean between that and the dream no. there i mean that's quite a bit of detail no. it's 17 18 somewhere after this it's it's sorry not i didn't mean to interrupt you i can't it's fine ignore me no that was it because it like drifts off because i think they fall asleep or something I forget. It's when they fall into the I like the way that um it's like the same way that Hob does when someone else's like sort of skill imprinting or wit imprinting on you their feelings. It's like kind of the same way she does the dreams and it it's like easy to miss. It like seems like it's not important, it just sort of like happens. But yeah, I think that's that's absolutely like you get plenty of detail if you're paying attention to the dreams, and then also well, what speaking the of your song. question earlier, uh, Eli, he does use the skill pillars, and Fitz is like, "Oh my god, what you did? What?" And he's like, "I'm fine. Obviously, I'm here." <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I feel like I worked it out in my memory in my head mid. Uh, <laughs> Mid episode. <laughs> Mid question. I, I think that the the wit and the skill and the dreams are really ingenious uses in a story where most of your main conflicts and main tension really maybe not conflict but definitely the main tension rely on a lack of communication and a lack of understanding because these things allow the emotions to be felt without interpretation. And yeah. right. so we know that the fool is good and we know that Fitz really, you know, like we know how people actually feel. And so we know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, despite the fact that no one ever tells the truth or speaks plainly. <laughs> well, I mean, these magics are also good when you have a first person narrative as right. well, because you from get such an imperfect all, viewer. everyone else's thoughts and feelings with yeah. just one character. So Especially like when Fitz, multiple Fitz would never be able to tell... Like, Fitz is so broken that he could never be like, someone loves me, someone cares about me, someone trusts me. Like, those are not things that he allows himself. But because you get the glimpse into someone else's actual feelings with these magics, yeah. you, know, mm -hmm. you do know that he is, he is valued. 
I also love that detail of the um, one of those barrels of, I guess, gunpowder. It's not really gunpowder because they don't have gunpowder. They don't have guns. But the one of the barrels of the powder that's already leaking. And that's how the moisture gets in and delays the explosion later. Oh, yes, that's oh, true. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, it's not I love how it's freaked out they are about the like explosion exploding powder it's like they don't know what explosions are yeah <laughs> they're like what's this gonna do big bada boom <laughs> and i don't have anything else to say i'm good hmm. we're gonna start getting into the real shit next next section oh though. yeah yeah. First, we have to deal with the the like gay panic from Civil. <sighs> oh yeah, that whole thing where he's like, "Oh, I could tell that Civil was already eyeing the fact that the fool was talking to to Swift." <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, fucking Civil. Oh. Yeah, he ends up getting the girl back anyway. Jerk. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? He does doesn't deserve that 100% no that's not how real life works <laughs> in real life you get punched in the face for being a crappy person that never happens well, he either. does get beat up sort of by the fool which is kind of great <laughs> even though he does his like utmost man. best to not fight him yeah right like it's like the it's like when when his fighting style is like look i can't control it but if you try to fight me i will destroy you and it's not me it's just my superior reflexes really (laughs) you're doing it to yourself it's all your fault um ashley is skilling us oh from beyond the the podcast oh (laughs) she's she's thinking really hard about it yeah. Yeah. Wait, where is this? In the G hangs. Oh. G- oh, in the G hangs. What does she say? So then so Francesca is crying <laughs> because she actually likes doodles now, but she's marching him to his death. My other thought process was the lady wanted her to marry doodles. Ellie thought she could get out of marrying him by sending him on this ridiculous quest but maybe Eliania could never really defy her and so the whole quest was the lady's idea but then we have two tattooed people and the fool saying he's gonna die and it makes sense that the fool needs to be taken out but why would Ellie cry about that this is gonna drive me crazy oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well you know not quite <laughs> she's close I mean, how are you, this is not something you could guess. So this plot is no. not like a, a riddle, you know? It's just... It's not like the Amber Fool thing. Right. It just has to I be I mean, there riddle. are obviously clues, because you have, you know, her mother and sister missing, but... Right. And all the men missing, and... And Keeble Raw Bread, Kebble, Sourdough Boy, and the dragon, and... <laughs> Oh, God, the stupid dragon. <laughs> I just love when he's coming out and it's just like, raw bread. It was just like, raw, raw bread. bread the dragon. <laughs> raw bread the 
bread is just dough. Raw bread is just dough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dumb. Oh, that's great. I love it. Um, okay, uh, that's it. Are we good to end? Yeah, let's yeah, end. Sure. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> cool. Witness. Hit and stop. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.